in today's show. We're looking ahead to Tuesday's action in the NBA. Michael Bolton. Thanks, Josh. It's Michael Bolton here, and it's time for another episode of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Let's get to it. Let's get to it, indeed. You are Locked On Fantasy Basketball, your daily fantasy basketball podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd and I am the lead fantasy analyst at BasketballMonster.com and at Yahoo Sports Australia. And you can find me on Twitter, as always, at RedRock underscore Beeble and on Instagram at Locked On Fantasy Basketball. Thank you for making Locked On Fantasy Basketball your first listen every day and your second listen, in fact. Uh, we are free and available on all platforms. So here we are. Looking ahead to Tuesday, there are six games on, so we're going to go through those six games and look at some streaming options as well. Um, All right. Let's get it on, Gilly. (laughs) First game we're going to take a look at is the Thunder and the Wizards, the Thunder Wizards. Lou Dort and Shea Gildas-Alexander, I just lumped them both together. They're shooting horribly, like horribly. Both guys are not considered great shooters. Shea at least had one season of being an efficient shooter, but that really has dropped off. I'd like both of these blokes to be able to shoot it better. I'm more confident in Shea doing it than I am in Lou, but they are really struggling at the moment, and getting that back on track is going to be huge for their fantasy value, of course, and for the Thunder in the future. But we need these guys to be able to at least be average shooters, and at the moment, they're not. They're both below average. For the Wizards, the future MVP, Kyle Kuzma, I talked about him earlier today in the Buy Low, Sell High show. Guess which side he was on. But can he continue it? Will he play huge minutes and have a 20-20 and 20 game? And shoot unbelievable percentages. Unlikely. But I reckon there's still a week's window here where Kuzma can put up some pretty good numbers. But we'll see how the impact of Hachimura, what that is, uh, the return of Harrell, how that impacts him. A lot of things to pay attention to. And Kuzma is one of the more intriguing players to watch in the NBA. And then also Spencer Dinwiddie, who we have seen um, really take a back seat since returning from COVID. He's just sort of sitting around, not really taking many shots. Assists are okay. But he is really a fringe player for 12-team leagues at this point. I want to see if he establishes himself back into uh, more of an offensive guy. Or is that going to go to KCP and to Kuzma and to Harrell and to um, Bryant when he's back and Hachimura and these sort of guys? So where is Dinwiddie going to fit uh, in this rotation? Big, big question for Washington. The Suns and the Raptors. Cameron Johnson came off the bench behind Jay Crowder last game, but played more minutes. Is that the trend as we move forward? I'd like to hope so. Johnson's now played five straight games of 30 minutes. Is that what we're going to expect out of him? Um, Again, I really hope so. I hope they decide to do that with the Suns and that rotation. And if it is, then he remains a 12-team league player. But he could easily, like he was doing before, uh, go back and play just 23 minutes a night, which obviously um, reduces a ton of value on what Cam provides. And then Mikael Bridges, who did have a good game last time out, but we know it's been a struggle for him uh, a lot of the season in terms of producing consistent fantasy value. So I'd like to see some of that offensive aggression we saw from him carry over here. Also want to watch, it's a Western Conference team. They're traveling to Toronto, and we've seen a few good Western Conference teams. In fact, two out of the top three Western Conference teams, the Warriors and the Jazz, not send guys to Toronto. Phoenix is the other one of those top three teams. Will they not send players? Does Booker, Chris Paul, they not go? Ayton? 
Aiton probably does go because he just had COVID. But don't be surprised if there are some wholesale uh, fake injuries occurring here and that they just regroup and play in Indiana on Friday. Watch that. For Toronto, Scotland Barnes, struggling a lot. Where does he... He's also currently listed as questionable with a knee problem. Um, is that what's impacting him? Let's see how he looks in this game. Gary Trent also questionable after missing last game with that ankle problem. And if one or two of those guys miss, then the wiki Chris Boucher gets a boost. Boucher is a 20-minute-a-night guy on a fully healthy team, but he's a 24-minute-a-night guy on a banged-up team. And if there's two banged-up guys, then maybe he pushes to 27. So he does become a 12-team league guy when a couple of blokes get injured, and there are a couple of blokes who are struggling at the moment. And that is Barnes and Trent in terms of their injuries. So just keep an eye on how they decide to use those minutes there for Boucher. The Timberwolves and the Pelicans. Jalen Noel has been really impressive and consistently outperforming Malik Beasley. Is he going to take the minutes off Beasley? I don't know. Beasley's last four games, 20, 18, 20, and 20 minutes. Noel's, 28, 23, 12, and 18. So two of the last four games, Noel's played more than Beasley. Very interested to see which direction they go here. Noel's been playing very well, and if he played 24 a night, would be a 14-team league option. Patrick Beverly is questionable after missing the last two. And in the last two games, D'Angelo Russell's been amazing. He's been blowing up. Is that because of Beverly's absence? I don't really think that's the impact here. I think Russell just had some really good games. And Beverly is more of a compliment to Russell rather than a hindrance. Beverly's not a high usage player that takes the ball out of Russell's hands. So I don't think that's really the impact there. On to the Pelicans. Herbalife Jones. A little bit quieter last game, but obviously he's been rolling. Big defensive numbers, shooting the ball well. Is that something that's going to continue? Especially the shooting, but also high-volume defense is important. And then I had him on the buy low show today, Devontae Graham. Not getting any assists at the moment and can't shoot. We know that. But the assists are well down. Can we actually get some distribution going for him? Also, they may or may not have Josh the Hitman Hart. Actually, that's not true. Josh the Hitman Hart is playing. He's been ruled in, so that's good. And Thomas Sadaransky returns. So how does that impact Graham's role, his minutes, his um, assist numbers? All those things are still, I think, very much for debate in terms of Graham's value for the rest of the season. But what isn't for debate is that there is no better spot to place your bets than BetOnline. BetOnline wishes you a happy new betting year. Is that a thing? Is that like Lunar New Year? Do we get mooncakes? I don't know. Whatever it is, Better Line's got something for you. They are the number one spot for all your sports wagering action for 2022. It's a new year. It's a new me. And it's a new updated desktop site. Or you can just use your mobile device. But make sure when you sign up, you use our code Locked On and get a 50% welcome deposit bonus. Bang. From basketball to football, the NHL, boxing, UFC, or right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait. And take advantage of all of the great offers available for the 2022 year. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your favorite sports. BetOnline is where the game starts. Let's go to the Warriors. They are taking on the Memphis Grizzlies. And again, we want to watch Klay Thompson. It's so good to have him back. He's amazing. Who do, apart from that one weirdo yesterday who tweeted something about Klay, is there anyone who doesn't like Klay? And if you haven't seen him, he's the, he was the main character on Twitter yesterday. Um, I'm not going to give him the pub of his name. He was some low-life dickhead um, from Portland. So if you want to narrow it down there, <clears throat> um, who doesn't like Clay? Everyone loves the bloke. But what I want to watch here is he had 43% usage last game. Is that realistic? No. Like when does he settle into a situation where it's like Clay's back, let's just feed him the ball at all times. 
When does he settle back into 29 usage or 31 usage or whatever it is? And then when he does settle back in, what the hell does that mean for Andrew Wiggins, who was absent in that game against Cleveland? Wiggins has not played with Clay before. Wiggins goes from the number two guy to the number three guy now. And does that, will that end up making him droppable? It's not, it's not out of the uh, question to think that Wiggins might actually become a droppable player because he struggles in a lot of the other categories that if he loses a lot of usage, then there might be some real issues there with him. That's something to watch. For the Grizz, do they give more minutes to my man, the wave pool, D'Anthony Melton? Last game, they started Zaire Williams instead of Melton. And I don't really get it because he was playing like 27 minutes a night when Brooks was out to begin the season. And I thought playing really bloody well. And then last game, he played like 18 minutes. Now, it was a huge blowout against the Lakers, so maybe he would have played a little bit more. But if they keep him at 19 minutes, then even though Brooks is out for weeks, then Melton's not going to be worth it. Simple as that. I think Melton's good. I think Melton's a good fantasy player. But he needs 25. And if he doesn't get it, then see you later. If you've got ability to hold, and you can hold through the lean times, blah, 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 all that stuff applies. But this is the opportunity. This is what you hold for, is for the minutes to push up, and if they don't, well, I don't know what to tell you. I, I would give it a couple more games, though, of course. And then Kyle Anderson, who was really good without Steven Adams there, um, playing at power forward with Jaron Jackson at the five, which, whispering just quietly, probably their best lineup. I don't know whether they'll continue to do that when Adams comes back. But if Anderson is a 29-minute-a-night player, he's a clear must-roster guy. The problem is he was playing like 21-a-night coming off the bench because Clark and Adams and Jackson were getting all that front time, front court playing time. But without Brooks and without Adams, there's opportunity here for Anderson. Whether they continue to you know, give him those minutes, and they gave him the minutes over Brandon Clark last time, which was very interesting. And we'll see if that's the direction they go again. Very interested to, to see how they run that rotation. Pistons and the Bulls. Again, on the buy low, Cade Cunningham. Can the shots go in, mate? That'd be good. Hit some. I'd really, really appreciate it, as would Pistons fans. Since returning from COVID, he hasn't been able to piss into the ocean standing on a pier. That's how bad it's been. He will hopefully get better, and we hope it happens here. And then Trey Lyles. This is a back-to-back for the Pistons, so we'll get a better idea after Monday's game. But are they going to play Trey Lyles again over Isaiah Stewart? Will we get the debut of Bol Bol? Sorry, debut of Bol Bol? Don't know. And where does Bol fit in the rotation? They're all big questions that need to be answered. And then for the Chicago Bulls, Kobe White. Um, Whitey had been playing really well. Last game was a bit of a drop-off for him. And it is going to be really hard, I think, when Caruso comes back for him to even sniff 12-team value. As a scoring and point streamer, Sure. But just getting enough minutes and shots when Caruso is back, I would find it pretty hard to get overly invested. And then for DeRozan, he's, he's struggling. Out to the top 100 over the last two weeks. Free throws well down. I don't buy for a second that's who he is. But I'd like to see a turnaround. He is struggling at the moment, so we just want to focus on him to see if we can get uh, some of that production back. The next game, which is the last game of the night, the Denver Nuggets. They are, again, hit with COVID protocols. They are missing Fart and Will Barton now. So, yeah, someone's going to have to step up into that starting wing role. I expect that it will just be Austin Rivers, who had a really good game playing 32 minutes off the bench last time. Does that mean that Rivers is a must-roster player? Not really. But I don't mind streaming him in for this game. And there is an opportunity now for the big stiffy Bones Highland. 
Highland is a very similar player to Barton in that they are shooters, scorers who can handle the ball and run point a little bit. Self-creating players. Your guys like Rivers, uh, Campazzo, they're not really that same sort of guy. So there is an opportunity, if Bones can play decently, for a role. I don't think it'll come. I don't think it'll come in like 27 minutes. But there is the chance here, without Barton, for him to step into that role. So I really want to watch how they deploy him. For the Clippers, they started, last game, Amir Coffey next to Nico Batum. Is that what's happening now? Terrence Mann off the bench. We don't know whether the Duck Luke Canard's coming back. Is it Bledsoe, Canard, Mann, Coffey, Batum? So many bloody options there. And I don't really know that there's going to be one concrete guy or two concrete guys locked in every night in that position. But Coffey was really good last game. Is he worth streaming? Yeah. Let's try it out. Let's see what happens. I would drop Terrence Mann for a mere coffee just to try it out. Mann's upside's not high enough, same with Canard, that I don't want to miss out on getting a guy who might be productive, even if it's for a week, and then I move on. And I'm really interested in Reggie Jackson. 26 minutes and 21 minutes the last two games. 26 or fewer in three of the last four. Are they saying, well, without Paul George, we're maybe just packing it in a little bit? And... With Reggie Jackson's old, he's not He's not a part of the future. We're just going to limit him, play Bledsoe more, get Boston more minutes. I don't know. I want to watch that. But now, as I'm saying this, and this is hearkening back to where we were before, and I'll, I'll bring the screen back up so we can uh, do it, because this is what happens when you're recording and, and information's always changing. Onto the Suns. Cam Johnson's out. Ankle sprain. Just announced. So I'm not watching for Cam Johnson. I'm watching for Jay Crowder now. I'm watching also for Sticks. Does Jalen Smith get minutes at the four? That is the key thing for me to watch there now for the Phoenix Suns. So there you go. A little bit of a live update as I'm recording this. Now that takes me to look at back-to-back streams for Tuesday, Wednesday. Two teams we're looking at here, the Wizards and the Bulls. Some guys to look at. Denny Avdia, Hull Neto. Of course, if Kuzma or Dinwiddie or KCP are available. I wouldn't really put Hachimura in that. I don't think he actually plays the back-to-back, to be honest, coming back from so long off. I don't think he plays. Um, but some other guys there. And then for the Bulls, you know, if Kobe White's available, good back-to-back. Derek Jones Jr. for defensive stats. Deeper leagues, Ayo Desumnu can be a stream option there as well. Just options for nine cat leagues for Tuesday. Nico Batum, Trey Lyles, Kyle Anderson, JaVale McGee, especially if they're going to be playing a little bit more of sticks at the four. Jay Crowder, big option there. Killian Hayes, Serge Ibaka, Corey Joseph, Otto Porter, and the doctor, Gary Payton. For deeper leagues, all of those names I just mentioned, plus Avdia, Robinson Earl, Jermichael Green, Derek Favors, Big Stiffy Bones Highland, Amir Coffey, the Farmers Union, Cameron Payne, Andre Iguodala, Austin Rivers, and Kavon Looney. And then for your old points leagues, these guys are all available in over 50% of leagues. Brandon Clark, DeAnthony Melton, Kyle Anderson, three Grizzlies guys who probably should be on rosters. Trey Lyles, an interesting streamer. Monty Morris, KCP, McGee, Batum, Baisley, and Jumpin' Jay Crowder. That'll do it for me today. Don't forget to follow this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and on Odyssey. If you are here on YouTube, thumb it up, leave your comments, ring your bell. We're done here. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. See ya.